Welcome to Sustainable 110. 110. How have you been, my cheeky yonky? Warm. Cheeky yonky. Cheeky yonky. Cheeky monkey. It's so warm, my mouth has stopped working. Oh, I can't bear this weather and it's only April. What's going on? You're an idiot. This weather is magnificent. The leaves are not yet upon the trees. Some of them are. Oh, can't bear it. Anyway, we are Sustainable, your friendly little podcast all about people and the planet and why we are self-evidently nausing it up. Um, <laughs> what, uh, but what? Because there's been like the coldest March days ever, swiftly followed by like some of the hottest April days ever. Yeah. I don't, that's not evidence, Dave. You're right. Um, but uh, we like to have a chuckle about it every now and then. And what have we got coming up this week then? Oh, well, Dave, we are in a very positive, sunny, shiny mood because some clever people, or at least some important people, should very much take a bow this week because uh, they've done some very good things that will help us stop climate change, Ooh. maybe. Uh, those people... Uh, to do with boats. Boats. Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, But we're also going to be talking about how the UK government has been getting extremely stern with some of its uh. former colonies. Uh-huh. Uh, in all sorts of ways. In a number of ways. <laughs> They've been getting quite stern back. But specifically about plastic. Right. Uh, so, um, so, so that's it. But bow, take a bow and some stern words. Yeah, it's, no, a, it's good. Yes. It's a boaty shipping yeah. theme. Yeah. Very, uh, very good. Oh, and all my own work. Yes, uh, just the usual disclaimer. We do work for environmental charities, but these are very much our own views. So if you've got any beef with anything that me and him say, take it up with us and not with anyone for whom we work. Yes? yes. Yeah, no, not with anyone. Not with a K and two Ts. Oh, yes, <laughs> very good. Right, uh, away anchor. <laughs> Pardon? No, no. What did you call me? <laughs> Anti-Inhoff of the Week. This is the section where we try to find people who have done good things and we go, yay, you've done good things, well done, have a brandy. But why are we outside and why is everyone looking at us funny like that woman that just walked past? What are we doing outside? I I can't answer for her. The reason we're outside is because, A, it's summer and I'm determined to get some vitamin D, uh, but mainly because we are right next to a slightly weird building in London called, well, it houses the International Maritime Organisation, which is where shipping people do shipping things. Oh, yes. Uh, And uh, it also happens to be uh, literally just around the corner from where the babble is recorded. So we haven't gone to any great expense. We just thought we'd pop out and talk about it. And this time last week, while we were babbling, this happened. Last week, at a meeting at the International Maritime Organisation in London, countries agreed on a first-ever climate goal for shipping. The target is to cut shipping greenhouse gas emissions by at least 50% by 2050. In there! 
What, in there? In there. Actually in there. Actually in there. And when they finished, they went, you see over there, that floating pub? <laughs> Sorry? There's, there's a floating pub oh, over the there. Bo- yeah, the boat. There yeah. Is a, yeah, I often notice that. There's a boat. on. The, we, we, this is on the, um, which embankment? The south embankment. Albert embankment. Albert embankment of the Thames. Very near the Houses of Parliament and Lambeth Bridge. Um, so if you know it, you'll know there is a big floating boat. And um, yeah, I often... Floating boat? Floating pub. Yes. Pub in a boat, yes. which floats. Yes. I often go past there and think, that looks jolly yeah. and quirky. Yeah. Well, after uh, they had finished doing that thing, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute, they all went to that pub. So we were in there babbling away, and some of the world's most important actors on climate ever uh, were in there getting drunk. We should have gone to join them. We should have done. We should have done. So what happened? Well, should we go inside and talk about it? Right, back inside, uh, much more civilised out here, none of that horrible heat or air pollution apart from what is coming out of your bottom. Yeah. Yes, none of that lovely natural light or no, the warmth no, of the sun nonsense. or, you know, people with smiles on their face for no. the first time since August last year. Just me. Yeah, in your starfish face. <laughs> right, so what are we talking about then, Well, What's happened? Well, what's happened is that uh, there's been some good news, basically. Oh, no, before that, uh. Uh, we need to... Uh, I'm very sad about the death of poor old Dale Winton. Oh, are oh. you? Yeah. Oh. I was, I was, I was, well, he's very young, wasn't he? 62. There's no age. Yeah. And I feel strangely sad about it. He seemed like a good man. And he had a thing, a game show in 2001 called Touch the Truck. Sorry? Touch the Truck, right? Which I never actually saw. I read about it, and it sounds brilliant. And basically, people hold on to a truck... Until no one's holding on anymore, and that person's the winner. Like, what, until the last, so yeah. the last person touching the truck yeah. gets the truck. Yeah. So put your hand on the <laughs> Magnificent. table. Magnificent. I miss the nineties. Yeah. Two thousand one. Uh, well, Two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Put but your hand know. on the table. We're playing touch the desk. I don't want this desk. Touch the desk. Give me like a croissant or I gave you a a croissant. ice cream. Give me an ice cream. <laughs> touch the ice cream. Hmm. Put your hand on the desk. I this, bet I can beat you at this game. This is a stupid game. It's not a stupid game. I bet I beat you at it. Right, first person to take the hand off the desk during the course of the babble is the loser. Right, uh, so uh, what's happened? You were telling me, and then you lost the throw. Well, what's happened is you've initiated a stupid game. But in the, in the wide real world, what's happened is that the shipping industry has decided to get its finger out of its ass and do something on climate change, um, which is very, very significant news because all of the climate talks, the Paris climate talks, the Copenhagen's, everything going back years and years and years has been about countries, nations kind of collaborating to bring down their emissions. But a massive gap in that plan has been international shipping and international aviation. And and the, the justification has always been these are things which are operated cross borders by multinational companies, blah, blah, blah. Who's in charge? Not clear. We'll leave them out of it. But they are obviously a massive contributor to CO2 problems, How CO2 emissions. Um, hang on, I've got this written down. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, sh- uh, well, in t- 2015, shipping was estimated to provide 2.5% of global CO2 emissions. It's not very much. Well, the UK was 2%, wasn't it? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, but all right, okay. All right, yeah? Yes. Uh, but the point is, because there's more and more stuff going around, economic growth, 
blah, blah, blah. Uh, estimates are that that could go up to about a six. You could consume a sixth of the entire budget of carbon that we've got left if we want to achieve 1.5 degrees. The point is, massive deal. They've not been doing anything about it for years and years and years. And now, duh, 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 they've done a deal. They said they're going to. Yeah, they have. Thank you very, very, very much to Friend of the Babble, Babble listener Kate O'Connor, who sent us an email uh, just after we'd recorded the last Babble, uh, during which, unbeknownst to us, all of this stuff was happening around the corner, um, <laughs> saying, did you know that all of this stuff's happening around the corner? And we were like, crikey Moses, we did not know that, right? Uh, but yeah, she said that what it's a, it's a 50% reduction, at least, at least, that they have agreed to by 2050. Now, oh, mm. um, some people are saying that that's not very much. Yes. As in, like, 2050 is a very long time away, and you've just said it uses up a sixth of the carbon budget, and thus, like, you know, should they be doing more? But uh, I've got a bit of sympathy with your big ship companies on this one. Do you? Yeah. So you don't have sympathy with the low-lying island states who have said they want a 100% cut by 2035? (laughs) You don't have sympathy with them. The, Put your the, hands still on the table. Yeah, right. the people who are, you know, literally going to have their homes swallowed up by the sea. No, look. You don't have sympathy. You just said no. You, you are confirming. I, I, shut up and listen, right? right okay. So I do have a lot Gosh. of sympathy for the small island states. What I've said they would like, whatever it was you said by whenever they want it. And that's yeah. what should happen, right? The, po- the reason why I've got sympathy with the big ships is not because I think they're wonderful or because they're not in Hoffs, because kind of they are kind of a bit in Hoffy things, aren't they? Big mm. ships, great big floating skyscrapers on the side, right? Great big, like, <laughs> yeah. great, big crazy <laughs> that's floating a nice things. description. <laughs> but you know how like when a car company says, oh, you can't possibly make us cut our emissions to like buy one quarter in the next 400 years you know what about the impacts on our business line well if you buy a ship like it lasts a long time doesn't it and i, think I what, guess so yeah i don't yeah. know but i imagine they last many decades so you bloody hope so i mean airplanes do don't they so yeah do they yeah apparently yeah apparently they many of the planes that are being flown around today were being flown around in the 80s Ooh. yeah it's quite hard to concentrate when you Keeping your hand on the desk. I'm not having no problem at all. Uh, I wish I hadn't started this game. That's stupid. It is stupid. Yes, I agree. Okay. I'm still going to win it, though. Right. Down there. right. Come along, Toby. You'll go. Quick, quick. Ah, four. No, I'll do it. One, two, three, four. Hmm. Mayfair. My property. My hotel. That'll be £2,000, please, young man. What were you saying? Uh, so, anyway, yeah, the point, like, what, they, what your shipping industry have said is they've gone, look, do us a favour, we've got all these bloody boats now, and they're massive, and they cost us an arm and a leg, and we promise the ones we get next will be green, but, like, these ones aren't. Tough. <laughs> um, and, like, I suppose, it's, you know, all right, isn't it? Fair what? enough. <laughs> I know you don't have to think that Vanuatu should be swept to a watery grave <laughs> to not go, I sort of see your point with that one, isn't it? I do sort of see their point, but... I mean, they do have a long, proud history of doing absolutely diddly squat True. on this agenda. Um, and, I mean, it's not... Okay, sure, they've been om- omitted from these deals, so there hasn't been any kind of technical pressure on them to, to do stuff. But it's not like none of them have access to the internet or the news or something, and so don't know about climate change. And I, and I remember seeing something on the Twitter a few months ago where some dude who's like, does a, it might have been Bill McKibben or somebody like that, who turned up to a shipping conference to give a presentation on CO2 emissions. And he said the level of ignorance about 
about what actually happens was astounding. Like they all assumed that these weren't what's called stock pollutants. They they thought it was a Thank you, Claxon. It's been a while. Oh, has, hello. <laughs> How are you? What's a stock pollutant? Well, a stock pollutant is, is something that, that builds up rather than just dissipates. So if, um, well, for instance, if I did a fart in this room. If. When I do another fart in this room. Yes. Um, that won't just sit there until I do another fart and then that will contribute. And, and eventually if I do, you know, 50 farts the whole room will be farts. Well, it will. I've turned the air conditioner, so I'm a bit worried that's precisely what <laughs> this may be. This may be a bad example. But, uh, but that they dissipate. Many pollutants, when you, you, know, you put them into, uh, be it the air or the water, they're bad for a period of time, but then they break down or dissipate. You, son. Your farts do not dissipate as quickly as you think, <laughs> let me tell you that. Um, Still smells in there from last week. Whereas we know that well, the problems with CO2 is that all of the CO2 that's been put up there, the vast majority of it, is still there and we're adding to it. And apparently this was news to large chunks of the shipping industry. I just, just didn't know that basic bit. So, you know, limited sympathy. Um, however, yes, I take your point, big things. It's literally, quite literally, like having to turn an oil tank around, isn't it, to uh, upgrade, the <laughs> upgrade the fleet of the shipping industry. So who is the Inhofe and who's the anti-Inhofe? Well, I think one of the big anti-Inhofe has actually been the shipping industry itself, far as I can work out, right? Because they had been, as you quite rightly point out, for years and years and years and years, not knowing that climate change was a thing, doing bugger all and saying, oh, well, if you make us do this thing, then we'll all go out of business and we'll sell our grandmothers into poverty and then there'll be a war or something, right? I don't know what these people say, <laughs> something like that, right? Um, but from kind what I poetic, was... Poetic, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm I... not given them enough credit previously. <laughs> no. Um, well, um, what I saw about this was that actually quite early on in the talks, what happened around the corner, um, the International Chamber of Shipping, which is the body that like represents you know shipping companies, basically said, "Yeah, we're up for that. Bring uh-huh. it on." Um, which is you know really good because all the companies, the countries that hadn't wanted to do it, like Brazil and Saudi Arabia, for whom like massive amounts of stuff goes through their ports and stuff like that, uh, were like, "Yeah, well, industry don't want to do it," and the industry were like, "What?" Oh no, we're up for that. <laughs> I mean, we'll get we'll get heavily subsidised to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's money in this for us, right? Yeah. I mean, we're we're in the shipping industry. You know how this works. We like money. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot like that. I mean, I, the way that I read that is a lot like when Shell. Go back and listen to episode ninety eight when we talked to your man from Shell about this sort of stuff. Um, and all the oil companies will always say they want that they actively would like, please, a big carbon tax. They'd like it, but they want it to hit like everyone at the same time right so that no yeah. one of them is particularly kind of disenfranchised by it and i guess that's what they want that's what your shipping companies want too they're like well if we all have to do it then if none of us do it, it's fine isn't it that's what <laughs> yeah. i reckon okay <laughs> so that's what's happened is that they have all as an industry uh, you know across the board they've uh yeah, well, they said they'll do this well according to olaf wyden who is the senior advisor? Wow, the, yeah, <laughs> senior advisor at the Finnish Ship Owners Association. Um, he says this: the 2050 goal is achievable. We have in the pipeline some new builds that will use fuel cells. Okay, so so they reckon it's doable. They reckon it's doable, and I've certainly seen articles suggesting that, ironically, 
given you know the history of shipping, people are considering using winds to power boats. They'll never catch on. <laughs> They'll never catch on. <laughs> yeah, these strange kind of they're, they're wind turbines, but not as you might imagine them. That so instead of having a uh, you know three blades that go round, oh, how am I going to describe this? Uh, they've got kind Only of got use a, hand, <laughs> they've kind of got a, a spirally core type thing. Oh yeah, like a, a like a um oh what's that lolly called? Like a twister. A twister. Like yeah, a twister. Like a, yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. And apparently this can... I mean, I think the idea is you use it in conjunction with an engine. Or a helter-skelter. Yes, like a helter-skelter too, and, and other things that twist, yes. Uh, yeah, the idea is that the, they basically take some of the strain and, and supplement um, what the engine's doing, so the engine is used less. How much... How does that work? Well, it's like having a sail on a boat that's also got an outboard motor, isn't it? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, right. no, good. Yes. Yes. Good. Good size. Mm, yes. Didn't yes. need Big Dave. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you, Big Dave. We, we can do this. We got this on our own. How much do you think uh, a shipping liner, one of these huge containers, engine weighs? You've got, you've got some facts, haven't you, all? How much do you think it weighs? How, does it, how much does it weigh? One engine in one of these big ships. Oh, God, I don't know weight, really. Can I do it, like, analogous to something else? Like, I, if I say a tonne, I've no idea if that's a lot, right? Oh, yes, I have, because I reckon a car is about a tonne. Uh, so a small car, like a, a mini, an old mini, is about half a tonne. Half a tonne, right. So two of them's a tonne. I reckon it's more than that. <laughs> I think else you wouldn't have asked the question. No, yeah. It's, it's, more, it's either a big number or a very small number, isn't it, when you ask a question like this? Not a small Big number. A million tons. Are you going to play the play the game properly? Is that not right? No. These I things d- are massive. These things are the size of the Empire State Building lying on their side. Like yes. They could very okay. conceivably have like a million minis powering them. It's not that daft. Okay, well, that's slightly underplayed the wow factor of what I'm about to say. <laughs> that, uh, no, they apparently a single engine weighs 2,300 tons. So like 2,300, no, 4,600 minis. Yeah, uh, other stats, um, might as well just get them out of the way yeah. rather than trying to weave a sort of narrative between and them. narrative narrative. How many container ships do you reckon roughly are afloat in the world? It's about 50,000. 4,000? What? That's what I've got. What you got? 4,000? Yeah. Uh, I've got 50,000. I think mine is like number of ships doing trade in general. All right. I wonder whether I missed off a zero in my research. Might... We might need to get Big Dave after all. God, we had a we had a tweet the other day about our, our notorious batteries episode, episode one hundred and five, when someone very kindly said something along the lines of, um, "Yeah, load of old bollocks," but it was funny. Yeah, it didn't learn uh, much. Are we going down? Was... We're going down that road again. Aren't we? Didn't learn much, but it was mildly entertaining. <laughs> and of course, when the people discover that you have burnt Doctor Johnson's dictionary, they may go around saying, "Look, there's Thick George. He's got a brain the size of a weasel's wedding tackle." <laughs> Uh, no, look, this is from worldshipping.org. Oh, so, they know their ships. Um, yeah. Uh, the largest are apparently 400 metres long. That's, I mean, that's massive. 400 metres. We just, when we went from here to the International Maritime Organisation and yeah. back, that weren't 400 metres. No. This is the very long way. This is wow. a very long way. Uh, 21 stories high. I've just, they, these are just enormous, enormous things. What is more interesting, though, uh, is stuff that falls off them. 
Oh, right, rubber ducks. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right, okay. Um, tell, tell everyone about well, this rubber ducks. This is the most famous one. So apparently on a stormy, on a stormy January night in 1992, out in the Pacific Ocean, 29,000 plastic yellow ducks, blue turtles and green frogs fell from a cargo ship and were lost at sea. But what was being, you know, made of plastic that, as we know, doesn't break down and floaty, they've stayed at sea. And basically have been studied, ironically, have been studied by some keen scientists to get a sort of better understanding of all of the ocean currents and how the whole great sort of conveyor belt that just about keeps life sustained on the world works. But they've been pitching up in all sorts of crazy places, including they are frozen in some Arctic ice. Uh, still turning up to this day. Apparently last year one pitched up in Scotland. It's, yeah, like... <laughs> it's like Bonnie Prince Charlie, Bonnie Duck Charlie. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, rubber ducky, you're the one. You make bath time lots of fun. Rubber ducky, I'm awfully fond of you. Right, look, shut up, because I wanted to ask it. Very good. Um, I wanted to, two points I wanted 34, to make. 34,000 hockey gloves <sighs> and 5 million Lego pieces were dropped in the ocean 16 years ago. Lego. And this dude is still tracking them. Lego. We talked ages ago about Lego. It's so far back, I can't remember. We want to do a whole thing about Lego. Lego are bastards. <laughs> Why did we talk? Was that because they wouldn't back down over their partnership with Shell and, it then, was, it and then, all, then did? It was all to do with that, but also about how like they claim to be this great big responsible company whilst making something like six billion non-recyclable bits of plastic. <laughs> Little bits of plastic. <laughs> Every that, year. That not only don't break down and kill turtles, but are harming parents' feet everywhere. Right. Look, I want to ask you a thing. Okay. Cause, good, because I've run out of facts. Good. Uh, I want to ask you a thing, and the thing is this. Air pollution. Now, you know all about air pollution. Uh, it is a thing which makes stuff stinky. Right? <laughs> and I didn't realise, genuinely news to me, I didn't realise that if you live in places like Liverpool and Southampton, mm. it's really shit. Yeah. Also, Could- air pollution's really bad, <laughs> right? And what- yeah, you really push it with your, <laughs> your regional bias, don't you? Um, I didn't realise... You're going to the Isle of Wight this weekend. You're a stone's throw from Southampton. I know. Uh, if I try very hard, I think you're right. Anyway, I didn't realise that apparently, according to this thing what I read, if you're in like one of them big mahoosive ports where you get the big mahoosive boats, nitrogen dioxide levels are four times higher than they would be otherwise. Sulfur yeah. dioxide levels, three times higher than they would be anyway. And that's like, that's actually like bad for people. And it kind of, I suppose I sort of it's knew hideous. that, it's but hideous, I didn't yeah. really know that, if you see what I mean. But yeah, if you're in Eastbourne or Southampton or, or any or Liverpool, any of these big port places can be terrible. And they generally um, use their diesel fuel to power all of the electricity on board when they're in port. So they keep the engines running, Amazing. burning loads and loads of diesel um, to keep the lights on or everything. When apparently they could plug in. I mean, it'd be a big plug and probably all of Southampton's lights would go off. But <laughs> you can, in theory, plug into the grid, turn off your engines and stop polluting people. The real anti-Inhoff's hero are not the uh, shipping industry per se, but the Marshall Islands. Um, do you know where the Marshall Islands is? Pacific. 
well, specifically, do you know <laughs> where the Marshall Islands Specifically, is? yes. <laughs> At this Pacific moment in time, we are a bit um, knackered for space. Oh, Yes, and it's one of the small island states, one of the itty-bitty places that are like rapidly entirely disappearing under the water and which have been at the forefront of global efforts to say, no, don't just cut climate by like an equivalent of two-degree temperature rise, aim for 1.5 or maybe even less because else, you know, we die, right? Um, and the Marshall Islands, it's a vast amount of its economy, which is small, but yeah, a vast say, amount. A vast amount of quite a small economy. Yeah, yeah but, 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 you know, a vast pr- proportion of that economy is shipping. It's got it's, it's a stop-off port. So, like, your big boats yeah. arrive in the Marshall Islands. I'm just looking at it on a map now. It is seriously in the middle of nowhere yeah. or seriously in the middle of the Pacific. So, you know, you're a bunch of, you're a ship full of randy sailors, randy hungry sailors. You stop off in the Marshall Islands, you get off, you do your shopping, you fill up on whatever you need. Um, it's, and then you get back on the boat. And that's worth a huge amount to the Marshall Islands economy. But they, they were in this international maritime organization thing. They were basically going, we don't care. We'll give it all up. We'll stop. We don't care. Like if we had to choose between no shipping at all um, or going under the water because of climate change, we'll choose no shipping at all, thanks. So don't tell us it can't be done. Get on with it. Wow. Good for them. That is impressive. Yes, victory is ours. Uh, we have single-handedly changed the world for the better again. yet again. again. Uh, what have we done, Dave? We have got the government to ban straws. Right. Well, we didn't. No. Well, I would like to think that we did in our own way. Back in episode 101, we talked about straws and we talked about how pointless it is. And also back in episode 93, when we talked to that Liz Bodin about yeah. straws. And we talked about straws, 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 pointless little tubes that, okay, some people need, most people don't need. And they end up poking out of the arsehole of a turtle, right? And that wouldn't it be good if we didn't have them anymore? And Theresa May... Good old Mrs. May, who hasn't, you know, got anything else you should be worrying about no, at no. the moment, um, has said, yeah, all right. So the government is now consulting on banning straws and not just straws. Oh. What else, Dave? You tell me for a change. Do some work. I've just been banging on about shipping all bloody day. Uh, well, I know. I'll happen- tell you what else then. No, I'll tell you. You've asked and now I'll tell you. Uh, they are going to ban those little plastic stirrers. Which I'd be quite sad about. Pointless things. No, you mean- I'd be sad about because I had a ritual at Cambridge United where when I went to get my uh, chocolate, hot chocolate at half time, um, it used to be so searingly hot that it was touch and go whether it would melt and bend the plastic stirrer <laughs> to, uh, to quite a significant extent. And if it did... I thought we would win. That was my superstition. And because it, it, it was a correlation. So those little stirrers, if they bent, meant Cambridge would win. Right. Okay. Very good. Um, yes, those plastic stirrers, they're also for the chop, as are, and I'm really pleased about this, because this one is horrible. This is, this is why people are idiots, this next one, right? People don't take straws and flush them down the toilet. They don't take plastic stirrers and flush them down the toilet. But you know what? They do flush down the toilet, oh? Cotton bot. 
poos, yes, and cotton buds. You know, cotton buds, those things that apparently you're not even supposed to stick in your you're ear You're not roll. even supposed, you're the not whole supposed point, to go anywhere near your ear roll. The whole point or of, you're anything else of like, the way our brilliantly designed ears work is that wax is in there and slowly moves its way out of the ear, taking with it anything nasty that's found its way in the ear. And yet an entire industry has popped up saying, here, wiggle this bit of plastic around in your ear, poke your eardrum until all the wax is gone. And, oh, what? And these are the little things that they get wedged in the noses of dolphins and stuff. It's horrible. Yeah, no, it is horrible. And, uh, yeah, so those three things and basically stuff like that, the government's consulting on getting rid of all of that kind of pointless stuff. I think it's great. Yeah, good. Well done, us. The thing that I did think was quite funny about this, so there's been a choggum. There's been a choggum. A choggum. There's been a choggum. I met met a Vanuatan MP this week who was in town for a choggum, speaking of small island states, uh, who was telling us all about how Vanuatu's going under the water. I weren't very good either um and that's the, the the commonwealth heads of government meeting a choggum uh, which was supposed to be held oh in vanuatu and it weren't because of a devastating cyclone what hit it so it's been no like, really yeah, did fact. not know that yeah, so we held it over here according to your vanuatu mp anyway um and at one of these choggums uh theresa may uh, decided that she was gonna have a go all the other commonwealth countries about plastic um and kind of go oh you look we're leading on this it's one of the greatest environmental challenges in the world we're gonna ban it you should all ban it as well Mm. Do you think, <laughs> what with it being the Commonwealth countries, they might have gone, isn't it funny, Mrs May, how you want to talk about plastic all of a sudden and not how you're, you know, sending all of these people who have lived and worked in Britain for 50 years back to Commonwealth countries for no good reason in a very cruel and unnecessary way is that why you want to talk about plastics mrs may no 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 i just think it's very important i saw we all saw blue planet too didn't we <laughs> yeah it smells a little bit like some poor civil servant getting woken up at like eleven thirty at night the day before the final choggum meeting I just went right right put this out put it out now <laughs> we're banning this do it now do it now gavin do it now <laughs> The only thing I did want to say about this, um, do you remember when we talked about how Kenya locks you up for four years if you've got a plastic bag? Magnificent. One of my favourite bits of international babble ever. So I hope that, like, Kenya, sitting around the Chogham table, I hope they said, you what, love? (laughs) (laughs) You what? What do you mean? Britain's leading the way. Ooh, 5p if you want to carry on shoving plastic bags down turtles' urethras. Kenya? Four years in the clink if you even consider looking at one. I did just want a little bit of babble from your friend of mine, uh, Mr Michael Gove, um, who said this. We're going to consult on what the best way is in order to get rid of straws, get rid of stirrers and also get rid of plastic stemmed cotton buds that we use so many of. What is the best way? (laughs) I can't possibly think what the best way might be no i think we should introduce a system of uh, voluntary action on the part of companies which industry led industry led which incorporates the externality of the price of the cotton bud into their ah. business model and then if that externality sufficiently overweighs their business case and their very legitimate uh, reason to make profits oh then i think at that point we can consider a long dated no we need that just <laughs> ban it you silly silly man So, 
that is just about it for another episode of The Babble 110 in the can. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, Dave, for letting me carry on doing this section uh, in which we pay huge thanks to the legendary Dickie Moore uh, for the music that begins you just took your hand off I saw you just take your hand off the table when you were checking your phone just then your hand was right off right off right off the table it's not true it is it's been on the table the whole time oh you liar oh you floppy haired liar you lost touch the desk you lost it I I dispute that you don't get the desk now great anyway can I move my hand, given that you moved your yes, hand? Yes, you can. Yeah. My bloody hand's gone to sleep. I didn't take mine off. You lose. No, you lost. Anyway, thank you to Dickie Moore for the music. Thank you to the legendary Arthur Stovall, who's done the drawings that make all of our stuff look pretty and has designed the merch, which I promise you we're going to start flogging soon. We've got lots of lovely emails. It's been very nice. People do generally want to buy stuff that's going to be shipped around the world in containers from far away. Hopefully won't fall in the sea uh, and then we'll sell you for a vast profit. Thank you to Arabella for so nobly reading out the babble. And thank you, Dave, for doing this last babble in your 30s. Your last babble of my 30s. That's right. I'm turning 40. That's so depressing. We're having a bit of time off. So we should be back at the end of May. Um, What I did want to say, though, all is if people want to get in touch with us between now and then, they know how to do so. They can email us. uh, Hello at sustainybabble.fish. Sustainybabble. Find us on Facebook. Just search Sustainybabble or on Twitter at The Babble Wagon. And a thing that I've heard other podcasts saying, uh, well, actually, I've heard other podcasts saying we're nominated for an award at the British Podcast Award, but, yeah, but, you know, we chose not to enter, all right, because it's expensive and you don't win. And then you have to pay even to go at the bloody ceremony. So we chose not to do that as well. Really? Yes. That's outrageous. It is. What's the point? It's silly. And you also seem to have to have like a bloody great massive production effort behind you as well. And Kermode and Mayo isn't a podcast. I don't care if they do a bit of podcasty bit at the start and the end. It's not a podcast. Anyway, the thing that I've heard other people say, it's a radio show <laughs> done by the BBC. It's not a podcast. It doesn't, you can't compete with that. It's silly. Well, I, I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. All yeah, right. I'm not bitter at all. No, anyway, I can tell. no, the thing that I've heard uh, loads of other people on podcasts saying the real thing uh, is if you don't keep on top of your iTunes subscription to the Babble or indeed any podcast, it goes away. So that after a while, it stops updating it if you haven't been listening to the latest episode. So what you want to do is at the end of May when we come back, uh, if you're thinking. Babble. We'll go and go, go manually go and check out the uh, Babble feed on the iTunes and just check it's there and then bloody well listen to it and then you won't lose the Babble anymore. <laughs> Very good. Right, we will see you at the end of May. In the meantime, meantime. Ah, very good. That's nautical, isn't it? Yes. Nautical but nice. Yeah. I, I cannot contain myself. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> very good. Bye. Bye. <laughs>